Welcome to the Elevate Your Life podcast with Evelyn Kelly. I'm your host, Evie, life and confidence coach, and I'm here to support you to create unstoppable self-belief and confidence, own your self-worth, and to elevate all areas of your life. Join me for soulful yet straight-talking chats with epic humans, juicy DNMs with me, and loads of inspiration so that you can be the best vision of yourself and live a life you truly love and deserve. Are you with me? Here we go. Hello and welcome back to the podcast and welcome back to another guest interview with my dear friend and fellow coach, Emilia Francesca. Emilia is an internationally certified intuitive life and business coach who supports heart-led women and soulful coaches to own your worth, step into your power and expand into the next level of your life with ease. This is more of a conversational type podcast interview today and you'll hear us share some laughs, some giggles, but also some big truth bombs and loads of wisdom that I know will make a massive difference in your own life. In the episode today, we talk about all things owning your self-worth. Emilia shares what self-worth is, how it seeps into almost every area of our lives, and a bit about her journey to this place of now coaching other women to rebuild their own self-worth from within. Emilia also shares some of the practical ways to start to rebuild your own self-worth from within. And you can find Amelia online at ameliafrancesca.com or on Instagram at underscore ameliafrancesca, but I will link these in the show notes for you. So you can absolutely go check out her wonderful work in the world. So without further ado, here is the one and only Amelia Francesca. Hello, Millie. It is so good to have you here and joining us on the podcast today. How are you? I'm doing so good. I've been feeling very excited about this all day. So I'm just happy to yeah, be with you. Oh, amazing. Me too. It feels like such an honor to have you here on the podcast with us. And I was just going to set the scene a little bit and backtrack to when we first met, which was early last year, maybe April or May, I think. And we were at a beautiful you catch up day in Auckland. And we were with all of the Auckland coaches and I just happened to sit next to you at the cafe and I just feel like we clicked from then on and the universe just perfectly placed us together that day. And then going on to work with you and join your CCA program and do one-to-one coaching, it just, it was just the best having your coaching support in those very early stages of my business and Yeah, it just feels pretty surreal, to be honest, to be here doing the podcast with you on this side, interviewing you. And yeah, I mean, I know we spoke about the podcast and it was just a dream at that stage. So to now be doing it and to have you on just feels like such an honor and pretty surreal. So it feels so good. Yeah, it honestly, this was, I think this is why it feels so exciting for me because it feels like such a full circle moment, right? Of when, as you say, we met and we met in such a, you know, we literally, we sat down next to each other, got talking. And then in the space of, you know, just over maybe a year, maybe more like 18 months to see you go from 
I'm launching my business and I'm going to start sharing all this impact with the world and helping all of these women to now watching how you flourished over all of this time period to the point that you're now sharing this podcast and giving so much inspiration for people and takeaways is I am honestly so proud to have been part of that journey um, with you over the last kind of year or so it's just been so nice to witness and it just makes me really excited that this is now what you're offering to everyone oh thank you that's so sweet of you and um yeah it just I've been so grateful for you being a part of my journey and I think that's like I just love that about coaching is that we get to share the journey with other people too and even though we're all technically solopreneurs it's so lovely being able to connect with other like-minded people and yeah being able to work with different people in different ways and it's almost like you you have been a big part of my business and my journey to this stage and yeah, like I, I owe a lot of that to you and your, that support that you gave me early on. So yeah, a big thank you back to you as well. Oh, thanks, my love. Alrighty, so before we dive in, can you please tell me your favourite quote and why? Mm, okay, so a little backstory of my own. Um, when Evie asked me on the podcast, I did a little research and I listened to some episodes and then I was like, oh, I'm going to need to come up with a quote. And I actually personally don't have a standout quote for myself, but I do often find that quotes will come into my life and then I'll hold on to them for like a month or two, two months. And then they kind of dis dissipate and I pick up a new one. And so the one that I'm sharing isn't necessarily a favorite quote, but it's a quote that I'm really leaning into right now and I actually then when I picked it out I realized this probably speaks really nicely to where our conversation is going to head today as well so my favorite quote right now is um, my current mentor is a woman called Hayley Carr and one of the things that she said on the men like the program that I'm in with her was this line um about us being able to attract everything so the quote itself is even your biggest dreams are limited compared to what is available to you Oh my goodness. Boom. Good day. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I had to think about that for a little bit. That's so yeah. good. Wow. How inspiring and expansive. Yeah. Isn't it just because the moment that you think, but my dreams are really big. And then you're like, wait a minute, they're limited compared to the, what is available to you compared to the whole potential that you have it just kind of almost makes you think much wider again and you're like oh actually even the thing that I desire and think is big is so readily available to me yeah yeah and just this idea that there's more than you could ever dream of or or want like it's almost like there's infinite possibilities mm. Yeah. yeah, love it. So cool. Before we dive into our conversation, do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do for the listeners who don't know you already? Yeah, of course. So I'm a intuitive life and business coach. And I'm also, um, I was gonna say, and I'm also a person. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I'm also a human. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's probably subtly what my brain was trying to say is I'm also a human away from this kind of space where I think that sometimes we view coaches as separate from the regular person or we're like oh are these these 
um, profound types of humans where they don't deal with self-doubt, where they don't deal with fears, where they don't deal with limits. Um, so it's something that's really important to me is always really kind of dissolving the idea that there is anything except realness and relatability with the way that I work with the humans that I do. So the, the people I work with is either heart-led women who know they want to be of service in the world in some way. Um, that can look very different. I work with doctors, I work with teachers, I work with graphic designers, I work with authors, I work with a variety of people. And then I also work with coaches as well. So I'm very passionate about working with soul-led coaches who know they're here to create huge impact i.e you being literally one of those people um and supporting you to build your businesses in a way that feels deeply aligned and deeply true for you so my my real passion is always about showing everyone that i work with that whatever you desire to bring to life is possible yes and also you get to do it in a way that feels true for you and there's no one way and there's no sort of like quote unquote should way of achieving something and in fact we get to carve our own path and we get to do it while sort of uncovering how deeply worthy we are of the very things that we desire oh I just love that so much um I think you are a wonderful example of 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 being a human and bringing it bringing the humanness to coaching as well or just keeping it really real and I think that's probably one of the things that drew me towards you like I always say and and have seen you as an expander for me in that you know here was someone literally sitting next to me at a cafe doing the thing that I wanted to do and yeah you, I think you just it was just like you were a normal human doing it I think we have this sometimes this illusion when we want something that seems really far-fetched or big for us at the moment that we kind of put these people on pedestals or we, yeah, we forget the human side of them and that they were where we were too. Um, so I just think that you're, yeah, one, you're such a good example of that and keeping it real. And I love your vision and um, the idea that there's no one way and that the right way is your way. And I think, isn't that just like wonderful for business, but also for life is that really doing things on your terms and staying true to you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's that thing, isn't it? Of, I think that we, and it's so interesting. I've had two conversations about this today alone. So I know that it's very much on the, on the hearts of people, but it's this whole idea. And I see it with the women that I coach who aren't coaches. And I see it with the people I coach who are coaches. So I see it across the board of this idea that we step into what might feel quite um, initially really radical for us, i.e. stepping into personal development, self-development, connection to self, spirituality, any one of those things, right? And we step into it and we do it in this way of it feels rebellious because we're like, I'm going against the grain, I'm going against the societal norm and I'm going to explore this side of myself or uncover this piece or do this thing. And yet then we kind of step into that world and it can be very quick in almost, we don't even sometimes realize that we're experiencing it to then think, am I doing it the right way? Am I, should I, you know, like it, in the simplest terms of like the personal development, should I have a gratitude list? Should I be manifesting? Should I be meditating? Should I be, should I be 10 steps further along by now? Because now I've discovered this limiting story about myself. Right. Um, and then I witness it in, in coaches as well. And, you know, seeing it across the board, I work with women who are high achievers and often they don't even realize that about themselves, but they're high achievers. And therefore that brings that, sometimes um 
brings old fuel, um, old kind of stories up of, is there a way that I need to do this in order to get it right? And even just that ownership of like each of our relationships with spirituality, personal development, moving through limiting stories also gets to be personal to you. And there's no like cookie cutter four-step guide to this is how you overcome a limiting story. It kind of gets to Mm. be personal to the individual. Yeah, totally. And it just highlights the magic of coaching, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's dive into talking about all things self-worth and really owning your worthiness. And I just wanted to share that funny story that we had last week where we were talking about this podcast and we had a little Zoom chat and we're like, yeah, okay, we're going to talk about self-worth. This sounds awesome. And we literally wrote like two lines of notes and that was it. And we just decided to trust ourselves deeply, push record and just see what magic came up. So here goes. Yeah. And also, isn't it so great? Because that in itself is an act of us both practicing that very thing, right? Of believing like that whatever is going to come through will come through and that we're worthy just being in this space. So I kind of like the way I'm like, it's kind of ironic that we were literally, that was, it's so funny because I think we both had our notepads out ready to write tons of notes. We wrote two words, self-worth, and then we're like, perfect. We're good to go. Like, I love that. Yep, yep. And I know that you and I are really big on coaching around deeply trusting in yourself and deeply trusting in your intuition. And so I love that this is another example of that as well. Yeah, yeah, Mm. definitely. So shall we start off by talking about what is self-worth? What does it mean to you? Yeah, Um, I do. I I totally love this because I think, as you say, it speaks to so many different facets. It's some people might call it confidence, like an inner confidence. Some people might call it self-worth. Some people might call it loving themselves, like self-love, etc. I think it falls into so many different pieces. But the way that I view it is as believing that we're worthy of the experiences and things that we want to have and worthy of feeling the way we want to feel. So not only the materialistic things of, yes, you're worthy of the romance, the love, the money, the career, the house, the experiences, but that you're also worthy of feeling a certain way as well. You're worthy of expressing your feelings owning what you want you're worthy of um taking ownership of your life like I think it kind of essentially can speak to every single component of things that we go through but if I was to boil it down it's just that idea that we are worthy of the things that we want to feel or experience without even questioning it um and the reason that I find it so interesting is because as children we don't even doubt our self-worth right as Mm. children we go about and we just don't even it's not even something we think about we don't necessarily think as children I'm inherently worthy it's just an inner knowing that perhaps hasn't even consciously made it to the surface yet right but as children we go about this way of knowing we are worthy of the things that we want worthy of love worthy of safety worthy of care um and at some age and unfortunately for some people it happens really young that starts to get taken away and shattered away um to the point that it then we become adolescents teenagers adults and we don't feel worthy but what I kind of really love about the idea of the fact that we're all inherently 
self-worthy and that we had this as children is that whenever I work with anyone on self-worth is you're not creating self-worth, you're rebuilding self-worth. So it already exists Mm. within you and we're just returning to that and then nourishing it again and re-nurturing it and building it back up. So it's not something that is outside of you that you have to reach out and grab hold of. It's, It's finding it within and then just rebuilding it again, which I think can be quite comforting for people when you're like, how the heck do I even approach building my self-worth? You know, it sounds like a big feat. Yeah, 100%. And the same things, I like that you mentioned that it's similar to like confidence or self-belief or um, self-worth. We can kind of use those words interchangeably in a way, um, although they're slightly different, but essentially, yeah, similar themes. And I love that you say that it's, yeah, it's not about changing who you are or doing something different or gaining anything. It's more about uncovering or rediscovering or rebuilding. Like those things are already within you. It's so often about almost deconditioning or pulling back the layers and pulling back the stories or the limiting beliefs around it. Would you agree? Definitely, 100%. Yeah. 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 And I, I honestly think that that's, speaks to so much of this this whole thread of like personal development and self-discovery is that initially when we first come across it I don't know whether it's that it's worded in that way or that we just pick it up in that way but I think we always think we have to create it we have to go outside of ourselves Mm. and find it externally um to then pull it in whereas actually literally everything you want to feel including those inner beliefs that confidence it all resides within and we're just uncovering it Love that so much. So cool. Why do you think it's so important? I mean, I know you and I know this, but like, how do you see a lack of self-worth holding people back? I think it almost hits into every single aspect of someone's life. And Mm. sometimes it might seem that on the exterior, their life isn't being affected by their lack of self-worth. But I'm so much more interested in the interior in people. I always believe that if you feel a certain way internally, you can then create that externally. So my most, you know, my where my kind of passion lies and where I most um, feel that my service is, is to get people feeling inherently and internally self-worthy, right? So I think that I don't want to paint this picture of like, if we don't have self-worth, we won't have certain things in life but it's whether or not will we feel fulfilled by them will we feel Mm. um because if we don't feel worthy of something like you know you've ever had those moments like if we just want to boil it down to like a little example it's like you know if you've ever had those moments where you've been given something by someone that you weren't expecting you don't really know why you've been giving it and it's so easy to be like oh no no this is too much no I don't deserve that oh please let me and then you might even find yourself thinking I now owe them something like I need to I'll make a note Mm. I need to remind myself that I need to return that very same favor or that or give them a gift or something and so that's a kind of like a very example of imagine if we didn't feel worthy then we're just doing that every single day. Anytime something becomes available to us, love becomes available to us, connection becomes available to us. We're pushing it away. No, 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 you've got you've got the wrong person. That wasn't for me. I didn't do anything to deserve that. Don't give that to me. Or if you do accept it, are you then saying, do I need to do something in return in order to receive this? So we're putting conditions mm. on everything. So I believe it honestly can affect everything. And like my own this was something that I was, I've said to you before, right, of I remember I became a coach thinking 
I want to help people. Like I just knew I needed to help people and I knew I needed to be a coach. And I, through a, a series of sort of like very intuitive moments and pivotal moments, I ended up becoming a coach. And it wasn't until I was actually coaching people that I realized that really like it deep down beyond helping people as like the phrase, it was about self-worth for people because that was just I don't know what it is but it well actually I do know what it is because <laughs> I'm about to tell you what it is but was like, <laughs> uh, you know sometimes you just say things I don't know what it is and you're like I know exactly yeah. why <laughs> I'm about to tell you <laughs> but it really like I just feel so passionate about it and I think that when I now from hindsight being able to look back my own lack of self-worth was so um so signified my whole life up until I rebuilt my self-worth like it literally meant that and again as I say like I was one of those examples of externally life pretty much looked good pretty much looked regular for anyone who was a 20 something year old like I had a good job I was working my way up I was making good money I had good friends around me I came across as this happy, positive person, but internally I was battling constantly, day in, day out, a very vicious inner critic, a very deep feeling of not being worthy of being loved by anybody, which meant that even my closest friends, I would hold them at yard's length for my own feeling of safety. Love was like completely out of the question, like romantic relationships, I completely held myself away from even if I was in them like I might have physically been in them but emotionally I couldn't even connect with them I had an eating disorder for four years like I my own lack of self-worth meant that I internally felt hideous like literally hideous and through rebuilding that I know that those are the things as I say in hindsight it's that wonderful teacher me rebuilding my self-worth is the very thing that's been able to get me to where I am now and do the work that I do and I'm like it's that funny thing isn't it because I know that all of us think this and so that's why I find it so ironic but it's like all of us think like if I can do it anyone can do it and we all think that and yet we look at other people and think oh I can't do what they can do and yet they're having that very same thought if I can do it anyone can do it but that is honestly how I feel about self-worth personally which is why I think I'm so passionate about teaching it I'm like if I can pick myself up from that rock bottom of feeling worthless like absolutely worthless then anyone can and I just want to get people there in a much more speedier and enjoyable and expansive process than the one that I had to go through that is so beautiful I've got like full body goosebumps right now thank you for sharing parts of your journey too and keeping it real I really resonate with your story too and I think that was probably my main limiting belief or the story or the thing that was really holding me back and intertwined with that was my inner critic was just crazy loud and so yeah I love coaching around this topic too 100 percent yeah yeah amazing you've answered all of my questions within the one (laughs) not quite but um I was gonna say yeah like how did you come to this but I guess essentially you're saying that it was the biggest limiting belief or the the thing that was really holding you back in your own personal journey and then also what you see as you know it affects every part of our life and how we feel on a day-to-day basis and so 
it was obviously super important for you to then support people with this and teach them that they can do it themselves. Mm, Yeah. And I do believe as well, it's that thing of, yes, there's people who are at their rock bottom and they need just that, like, they need to get off the floor and start to rebuild that. And they do that in their way. And then there's also that idea that we're can be quite good as humans and I think especially as women because it's been ingrained in society as well to be like well that's good enough right so we might have done our self-worth work whether we've consciously done it or subconsciously done it where our self-worth's in a pretty good place and we tell ourselves that's good enough and then we don't go for the things that we truly want right so even bringing back to that quote idea of like what you really desire we might be like I really desire more money in my business so I really desire that soulmate relationship where I really desire to travel, but I've got it pretty good. So it's okay, I'll let it go. And I think that also speaks to not, there's other components to it, but I think a a big component of that again is that worthiness of like, we're worthy of having more than enough, right? We're worthy of feeling more than good enough. We're worthy of like, I wanna get rid of that idea of like, that's that's just the way it is. And it's like, when you can, that that's a really fun place to work in right when you're like I'm things are pretty good and then I'm like and let's get them feeling like absolutely effing next level like that is when and there's the resistance there it's like am I am I worthy of feeling that good like am I worthy of having those things so self-worth work self-worth work interesting phrase there um but I feel like that plays into every single component for people um because we're always, every new level brings that new question of, am I worthy of having this? Am I worthy of feeling this? It can be quite triggering if we're beginning to feel really worthy and we're witnessing friends or family members or peers who aren't experiencing what we're experiencing Mm. and whether we feel that we can stay in that position. So I do see it just play across every single portal. Mm, 100%. I love that you touched on the part of wanting more and being able to call in more, even though perhaps life is good or you've got enough. And the idea that I think perhaps in some of us is a story or belief that if I want more, then that's being selfish or that I'm taking from someone else or who am I to say that I want to earn X amount of money or I want to call in X amount of things or have this dream life. What would you say to that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So the selfish piece uh, was definitely my own personal story for sure. Like I allowed things to get good enough. And then I told myself I'd be selfish if I wanted more. And I think it really comes down to, this is where I say, because this is what I find so interesting about this work, right? Is no one piece alone is going to be the finite piece that you need because alongside the self-work stuff I felt that what was really important here was if I speak to it personally for myself was my relationship with my intuition because you have to be able to define the difference between if you want something from an ego standpoint if you want something because intuitively you know that it's meant for you Mm -hmm. so I feel like that really came into place like having that relationship with defining those things because then you know like intuitively this is what I'm meant to be doing i.e like I used to tell myself the story of like I couldn't 
it was selfish for me to want to be full-time and sold out in my business like that was selfish I should just be happy enough with where I was at in it and I was like but is it selfish or is it just that I know I have more impact to make on the world I want to be of higher service and the best way for me to do that is to be full-time in my business so I think it's always like if ever we're thinking around that selfish piece we're asking a really limiting question so we need to ask ourselves a better question of how can I expand this into seeing that there's probably something else there um and I think that relationship between like knowing yourself and maybe um, your your community on here speak to their intuition or maybe they recognize it more as that gut feeling or their heart, you know, their heart speaking to them. But knowing like if it's in, inherently meant for them and they're picturing it in their heads and desiring it, then it's not selfish. It's just the next step that they're needing. And I also think that being selfish we just use as a really good reason to stop us from stretching outside of our comfort zone and going for things right like it's way easier to be like oh that would be selfish me to want that I'm gonna stay and be I'm using quote unquote marks a good person um not be selfish not be self-centered and I'll just stay here and you know do my thing and actually is selfish the main reason or is that just nicely covering up this idea of I don't want to jump out of my comfort zone there's a deep fear here of me being seen, me being visible, all of those things. So I would always say that the selfish piece can have you spinning for a while, but it's never the root. It's always just the thing that's trying to distract you from perhaps the fear. Yes, 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 yes. Love all of this. So essentially defining if it's coming if it's a true desire from your intuition as in that's meant for me. I know this is a part of me uh, and and separating from the inner critic ego mind sort of fair speak and then yeah I love that and interesting about selfish or selfishness is I think it was um, Glendon Doyle who was talking about this on a podcast that I listened to with Brene Brown and she was saying that we're taught often as women as well to not be selfish and to just have what we need and just be okay and satisfied and that we shouldn't be selfish and she said that being selfish was so we should be selfless so to be without a self Mm -hmm. and that just totally hit me like a ton of bricks and I was like oh yeah so what so being self selfless means that we don't have a self and therefore we're not worthy and do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, it just hit me and I feel like it relates to this this uh, deep knowing that you're worthy. Yes, definitely, definitely. And I don't know about you, but I think that the selfish piece definitely comes up because there's that desire to feel still loved and connected with the people around us. So whenever we want something more, often the thing that we want more of is perhaps something that we know someone else doesn't have in our circle, in our, Mm. you know, I'm talking like friends, peers, family, that kind of vibe. And so it's easy to just label it as selfish because sometimes I think we fear stepping, you know, us expanding, them not doing their own work in order to expand and us you know quote unquote leaving them behind or them feeling neglected and so I think that sometimes again it's that thing of like or maybe it's selfish me to do that and actually is it selfish or is it just that the majority of society aren't willing to do the work in order to 
you know, wake up to the idea that they get to have more, they get to decide how worthy they are, they get to come back to that inherently worthy piece. And is it that fact that, I don't know, I just kind of see it as I know that you, as you say, talk about expanders, and it's how can we act also as expanders for others? It's like anything that we do, it's inherently appeasing us and feeling really good for us and it's also showing that example to the world of what is available and is it actually more selfish to hide our gifts away from the world um hide our capabilities away from the world and keep playing out this story of women but also society as a whole can't have more Mm. than just good enough is that the piece that's more selfish to kind of keep playing out this narrative that we don't believe in yeah, 100%. I love that. And you've just like flipped the mindset, right? Like, is it selfish keeping myself small and safe and comfortable? Or is it selfish denying the world of my gifts and talents and my authentic magic? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like everyone has those gifts, right? And it's like whether your gift is to be fully and uniquely you so that the partner that you end up with is suddenly like, I finally met the person who sees me for who I am and you finally you've shared your gift of being you um or whether it's a gift in more of a you know I think sometimes we only see we only talk about gifts in terms of what your skill set is or what your job ends up being or what you end up kind of having as your purpose because it's your gift and yes it can be all of those things but also just the gift of being you like are you yeah. hiding away the gift of being fully you because you're telling yourself it's selfish to be more you and yet what are you sh- hiding from the world because you're not sharing all of who you are yeah love it and it's kind of funny Abe, that we so often want to keep ourselves small or safe or follow the norms or have just enough to keep ourselves feeling comfortable but actually when you step into your worth you own who you are you own your authentic magic and you just live that out actually it feels so much more easeful and effortless and way more comfortable it's just like this little in-between bit where we have to leap out of the safe zone the comfort zone into our true selves but it feels like so much more like home when you're there like so much easier honest yeah I feel like the way that you said that speaks so true it's like are we seeking comfortableness or are we seeking our home? Yeah. Because home isn't always going to be comfy, but home will always feel nurturing and nourishing and and kind of like where we're supposed to be. But comfy is just like comfy, you know. Yeah. Like a pair of jeans, comfy. <laughs> yes, yes. Good. I love that. Um, amazing. So what would you say are some of the practical things that we can start to do to build up that self-worth again? Mm. I think the very first piece and I always think that this kind of gets brushed over um in terms of actually how transformative in itself it can be but that awareness right that awareness of where it we feel it's currently at where we feel that perhaps we know that it's not doing as well because I think that often I'll find I, I wonder if you find this the same way with your work right is that we can feel worthy in one area and not in another right totally. and it, it, the whole reason that we feel that way is because we've created a narrative or a story that it means that we can be worthy in one place and not another. Yeah. And so I think being able to have that awareness of, I feel really worthy and I feel really good about myself in 
X area of my life, maybe it's in my job. I feel really good there. I feel really at ease. I feel confident. It's not something that I even think about. If you don't really think about it, the likelihood is is your self-worth is pretty strong. It could, you know, there's still perhaps um, room for it to expand even more. But if it's not something that you're questioning day on day, your self-worth is likely going to be quite strong in that area. And then the areas that you're questioning a lot, am I good enough? Did I do the right thing? Did I say the right thing? Am I being the right person? And maybe that's for for instance, um, in this example, let's say that's showing up in your relationships. That's the area where you have less self-worth because it's the area where your focus is. So I think that even just that awareness of self-worth, yes, it's one whole it's one whole thing, but there's probably going to be pieces that you are being more called to work on. Mm-hmm. So not to get um void like bogged down and like frustrated by this idea of like oh I've got to build my self-worth and actually it's like do you know what your self-worth's pretty good but there's this one area that for the various reasons is the piece that is you're being called to to grow in right Mm -hmm. um so I think that awareness can be really good it's also that reassurance of so okay one of my favorite things is literally like the copy and paste method like if it's really good over here in your job how can we copy and paste your self-worth into your relationships? And the reason that I love that so much is it's going to have two effects. Either people will be like, oh yeah, like that's possible. I could just do that. I could take the way that I feel over here and move it into this area. So if it's like that, that's like done, dusted, (laughs) magic created, we're good. More often than not, that won't happen immediately. There'll be a, oh no, I can't do that. Mm. And that is also the other piece that I love because the moment that we say we can't, there is a message. Anything that hinders us is actually trying to deliver us a message as to where we're being asked to become aware so we can grow and we can move through it. So I would then, with this whole sort of copy and paste idea, I would ask you to to ask yourself, can I copy and paste an area where I feel really worthy over into an area where I feel less worthy and if the immediate answer is no if you feel it even perhaps in your body like deep level resistance why Mm. like what is different about that area what story and this is the thing right we you know I know as us as coaches we'll say stories but really it's like you don't even realize it's a story you think it's truth so tell me what it what feels true for you that means that you can't feel worthy over here in the way that you do over there and again, so it's that next, you know, it, it, it's that next piece of uncovering of like, oh, because of X, Y, Z, because of this, because of that. And I honestly think, as I was saying before, like self-awareness is one of the biggest pieces that I think often gets overlooked. It's like, or we don't want to really do self-awareness. Like we're like, we want to be aware enough to be like, yeah, I've got a problem with self-worth, need to work on it. But we don't want to do enough of the digging and get com- uncomfortable to be like, actually it's in my relationships and it's because I feel like this this and this Mm -hmm. you know like that requires that next level of vulnerability so I honestly think that if you're willing to do those two pieces of awareness that alone is going to then move you into any other action you need to be into because the moment that you bring it up to the surface you can no longer hide from it Mm. so it's gonna then ask of you what am I what am I being called to do in order to heal from this and move through this is that going to be looking at working with a mentor or a coach is it going to be me speaking to a therapist is it going to be me like what kind of healing modality do I need in order to be able to move through this Mm. or is it that I just need to 
journal on it, see it for the untruth that it is and let it go. Like it gets to be any one of those things. So, and many more, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that there's, like you say, there's no one size fits all. So once you're aware of it, there's lots of different ways. Sometimes it is purely enough of realizing or understanding, uncovering the story or the the truth that you believe that's holding you back. And sometimes you're just like, oh, that's ridiculous. Like, I don't believe in that. And I choose to believe this instead, or I don't know where that's come from, or I think I know it's come from X, Y, Z. And now I choose to believe this instead. Yeah, no, so true. And it's so interesting, isn't it? Because I'm sure that we can all relate to this and, you know, where we have those moments and we're doing an action or thinking a thought and either it's the action or the thought and they don't feel good. And then we end up catching ourselves and being like, I don't even think that way anymore. Or like those actions don't even make me feel good anymore. But we've just kind of, because it was habitual for so long, because it once was the way that we felt or the way we acted, we've kind of almost picked it up again. And I think that sometimes with, in terms of like uncovering these stories, they do get to be let go of that easily because we're like, oh, that was a story I was carrying but actually, I think I left that behind when I was like 26, but I'm just still playing out that tape, even though I don't believe it anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that can be that can be true as well. And I guess it's just, I don't know, I, I honestly, like I felt this way for the, you know, the, the four years or so that I've been doing my own personal development. I get excited by what I'm going to uncover yes that that doesn't mean that my heart doesn't race a little bit and I'm a bit like oh god like we're going through the murky stuff here the deep (laughs) the deep trauma stories are coming up you know but I get excited because I know that on the other side of that is gonna be incredible so I think that our relationship with exploring our self-worth gets to be one that also gets to be like how awesome that I'm doing this and how cool and oh I kind of almost can't wait to see what comes up like I've had some stories where I'm like oh my god I was hot like that was sitting subconsciously inside me for so long and that's the reason I felt like I couldn't be in a relationship or felt like I couldn't you know like have a body that I wanted or all those things and you're just like wow that's crazy that that's just been sitting inside there and I think if we have that more light-hearted approach it just helps so much because it's too easy to get kind of dragged down in the heaviness density of it um and that's not the new energy we're creating we're creating a lighter more freedom-based energy so if we can bring that into the work I think that can be a really key piece as well yeah love 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 that and I think self-awareness is like the really unsexy thing but actually the thing that makes such a difference and we're like oh so you just become aware of it okay become aware of it you're like okay yeah whatever but it's 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 so important and and I think also kind of what you touched on just then is that it can feel really daunting when you first start doing this work and you're like a same like meditation like what's going to come up if I just sit with my thoughts or what's going to come up if I journal about some of these challenging coaching questions that I've been asked. Um, But sometimes it really doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be that hard or it doesn't have to, like I understand the fear initially, but sometimes it's can be so freeing and, and actually really simple stories. Like it doesn't have to be that we're digging up loads of past traumas or you know, a really uncomfortable situations. It could purely be like, oh, I used to believe that 
xyz and you're like okay now I see that for what it is and I can move past it so it doesn't have to be this big scary daunting thing yeah definitely exactly yeah for sure it's it's one of those things that there's so many different levels to it right so it's like you have the big ones the big ones that have maybe been the big piece that have been holding you back with Mm. you feeling worthy um and deserving and then you have like the small ones that have played a part but the moment that you discover them as you say you're just able to just release them completely um so yeah yeah it doesn't always have to be intense for sure yeah so essentially it's coming back to uncovering and becoming really aware of what are the things that are holding you back in terms of your self-worth and in what areas of your life and then reviewing those stories uncovering them moving through them and choosing a different narrative yeah 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 definitely and I love that like we make it sound so simple right and yeah, I know. when you're actually going through it it won't be as speedy as that and there'll be also yeah. moments that it doesn't feel that way but yeah I would say the self-awareness piece and then that secondary part of well I feel really good here so what narrative is going on here that isn't going on in the area where I don't feel worthy? Like for me, it was like I felt great in my friendships and I didn't feel good in romantic relationships, which is interesting because they're both relationships, right? They both mm. fall into that spectrum. So that was so interesting for me. I remember, you know, when I was doing that work to go through like, what is the story that I'm telling myself about friends that is a good one that feels like a powerful story that isn't coming up in the romantic one? So I think, yeah, that that copy and paste kind of method can be pretty cool as well. Mm, Yeah, amazing. As we're talking about this conversation, I'm kind of reviewing what have been the key things for me that have really helped with building my self-worth again. And I think, like you mentioned earlier, I think I used lack of self-worth or not feeling worthy enough of things. I use that as my escape goat, as my safety blanket of no, you're not worthy of that. So don't go after that thing. And I think, yeah, I think what really helped me in the end, like there's lots of little pieces to the puzzle. So I'm really simplifying it here. But I think one of the things that really helped me was asking myself, if I hold on to this story, if I continue to believe that I'm not worthy enough for if I'm not enough, how how is that going to hold me back? What's that going to look like in a year's time? What's that going to look like in five years time? What's that going to look like in 30 years time? Am I willing to hold on to this belief and not live the life that I want and what I know that could be possible for me in 30 years time? Like that kind of really hit home. And I think if you can sit with the pain of, or the real discomfort of, if I hold on to this, what am I going to miss out on? What am I going to not be able to create and have and be in this lifetime if I hold on to this? And so I think when you associate that with it, I was just like, okay, I have to let this go. Otherwise, I'm really not going to be living up to my true potential here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're so, as you say there, it's like you spoke to the idea of like you were so able to see the discomfort of staying in that way and the discomfort of staying in that way was greater than the discomfort of moving into your work yes yeah but I think as well there was just one thing I wanted to um say was around the whole 
I don't necessarily think that we always say the word worth or self-worth. So it might not be the first thing that comes to mind. So when if anyone's kind of after this podcast wanting to write up a question for themselves as well, like, because what I find really interesting is, although that's inherently what I coach in, not many of my clients come to me and say, I want to feel more worthy, but they will say things that then their worth relates to. So I'll be like, I want to be more successful in my business. I want to feel that I can be more seen. I want to have a more loving relationship. I want to get the promotion. Like, And the thing that's blocking them is the, is the, the self-worth piece, right? That we move through and work through together. And so even, yeah, if you're, if you're kind of exploring like, what is my relationship with self-worth right now? Then I guess I would say, what is an area where you know that you really want something that you're not either going for or are telling yourself a story if it's not available to you? And that is probably the piece, the area where your self-worth needs nourishing and building more. But then you can just kind of ask around that area. So if, for instance, it's the area around money, then it's like, and that you you have a narrative that you can't make a certain amount of money, then how would it feel if I believe that I could, what would be different and and that kind of thing as well. Mm, yeah. Amazing. I love that. I totally agree in that. Um, I probably, I never say so much that I'm a self-worth coach as such, or well, sometimes I do, but ultimately if you boil down some of the things that I coach around, worthiness is a, a massive component to that like you like we said at the start confidence belief etc is, is kind of tied into this as well so that yeah, yeah when we say I think some people might have this idea that oh well I'm I'm okay I'm okay like I'm I'm here I'm functioning well therefore I'm worthy but like you say it can be the things that it's the thing that holds you back from going to the next level or calling in new things or more things or up leveling or growing expanding and it might be the self-worth component that's the thing that's keeping you safe and small mm, definitely and it's like we're always yeah that student of it like even at the moment I'm starting to explore where I'm gonna live next year and I honestly for two weeks didn't even let my brain go to where I really want to move to because ah. there was something there that was like oh that's not possible so I then ended up writing down like in my journaling because I do a lot of journaling. I do a lot of manifesting journaling stuff. And I even wrote down like, I'm going to move to, and it's basically an area, right? So if anyone knows the UK well, like I said, I was going to move to Surrey next year, which is a very lovely countryside place, right? And I was even telling myself, I was very much convincing myself that this was where I wanted to move. And the truth is that, and this is not to say that travel won't necessarily be involved, but this is kind of like where my base is going to be for next year. So there's definitely going to be travel. And I'm like, if the borders suddenly open, I'm flying to Hawaii in January. But if I'm talking about the UK, <laughs> if I'm talking about the UK, where my heart really wants to be is in this place called Richmond, which is technically Surrey, but it's still classified as London. And Richmond is just a place where I have honestly, since the day that I discovered it when I was about 22 and first moved to London, I've been like, I need to live here. Like there's this at some stage of my life, whether it's for three months or six months or however long I need to live here. Right. And yet seeing as in January, I have no plans. I have no limitations of where I could live. You'd think that I would have just said, I'm going to move to Richmond, but there was something in that, that it, I'd, I'd created. And this is that whole, you know, we're kind of 
covering that whole idea of like when we make it a thing it becomes big and then we ask ourselves well, if we can have that thing or not I've made this whole narrative into like oh but can you can you move to Richmond and it wasn't until like I sort of called myself out on it and realized that that was what I really wanted but there was a still that little old story of like but are you deserving to move to Richmond yet mm. like are you allowed to have your dream house in your dream location like in terms of London I have many dream locations but if London dream location Richmond would be it like are you allowed to have that yet like have you proved that you're deserving of that yet you know so it catches us out all the all the time mm -hmm. um and it's just what we then choose to do with it so yeah. I could have very easily been like oh no no scratch it I'm still not worthy of it I'm gonna just I'll move to Surrey instead um and I'll you know I'll do I'll deal with the good enough which is still fantastic but it's not what my heart wants and so instead it's like honoring my heart and saying yeah you're deserving right now like you don't need to be anything more, do anything more, have anything more, be anything less in order to deserve the very thing that you want right now. You know that. So now are you going to go and do the work to make that happen? Like, yeah. Love that example. So, so good. And that even, I love the example of the humanness, I guess, that you're sharing as well, is that these stories still come up. And as we move to the next level, it might be that we need to continue to do the self-worth uh, work so that we can, yeah, yeah up-level call in more yeah 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 yeah. and it's that whole idea right of that that I think sometimes we see other people and maybe they're living in the way that we want to live or experiencing what we want to experience and it's very easy for us to say they're doing it because they know that they can have it and that it just feels easy for them to like go after those things and I know that more and more and more from every single human I speak with we all have that narrative like we'll all have the stories come up and the limits come up and the fears come up it's just what we choose to do with them mm -hmm. that matters it's not whether or not the stories come up so anyone who ever thinks I need to remove all of these stories about whether or not I'm deserving or good enough or can have the thing or you know, I need to remove all of my fears or all of my limits before I can then move forward, I would say you'll be doing that for a very long time because we all have them. So that having the story or having that question of like, do I deserve this come up isn't a bad thing. Mm. It's just challenging us. It's just asking us, okay, what are you then gonna do with that voice? And what are you gonna do with that story that came up? Are you gonna, are you gonna, go in that direction with it or are you gonna actually lean into where you truly want to go so the stories always come it's just what you choose to do with them yeah totally um we could talk on this for hours but I just want to talk on one other little topic around self-worth that we have sort of alluded to but not quite dived into yet and that was the idea of having to prove or work towards something in order to prove that you're worthy for it so I know that uh, you and I and a lot of my community are high achievers and the idea of working hard and proving your worth and earning stuff is, is big. What would you sort of say to that? Yeah, I, I feel like there's still hard work. It's just that we have, in the way that it's kind of deemed by society, we've defined it to be one specific thing. So we see hard work as like, physical hours, stressed out, burnt out, 
pushing so that by the time we finally crawl across that finish line we're like okay I deserve it now like like hunting and being like but now I can have it because I worked so hard to get here right yeah and it kind of plays into that idea of one that we get told this story that unless you work hard you won't get anything but also that idea of that Mm. we're deemed more worthy or it feels more palatable to have in some way if we've worked hard for it right so I feel like that's like the narrative for hard work and I think that hard work still exists but it's actually the hard work is in the mind like the hard work is in the mind of allowing things to be easy that's hard like the hard work is in allowing yourself to speak to what you truly want like giving yourself permission to own what you truly want whether that is something external or something you want to feel internally, owning that and then moving whatever mountains need to be moved in order to feel or have those things, that is hard. So I think that hard still applies, but I think that we've created, we're quite visual as humans, right? So we've created hard work to mean the physical aspect, whereas actually the hard work is choosing on those days where you wake up and you think, maybe I'll just like make my dream like 10% like maybe I'll make my dream 50% smaller because it just feels way too big for me to achieve the hard work that day is saying no I'm still going to push forward Mm. whether you take a physical action or not it's choosing the way that you interpret that so I'd say that hard work exists but not in the way that we necessarily have picked it up to mean Mm. and I guess the idea of having to prove your worth or to do something in order to be worthy of it. Um, That in itself is obviously a story or something that you're holding on to. And so what I would say, and probably what you would say is go back to that, that process, like you suggested earlier is becoming aware of that and then uncovering what it is that's holding you back from feeling innately worthy right now without doing anything in order to call in that thing that you want yeah definitely yeah for sure and it's that whole idea right of um I'll try and be succinct with this I feel like this could go off in a whole other segue but that whole idea of like who we are in the future and like who we are in the future when we are that person who has and feels everything that right now we are desiring who are we telling ourselves that we're being so that we can just allow ourselves to be that person now and sometimes it can be the Mm. smallest things sometimes it can be big things but what is it about future you that believes she's inherently worthy of having x that right now you feel like you're not and what has shifted and changed and that's another piece of that that work right is allowing yourself to okay I get to be future me now and I get to bring that into the now yes um and I also I know this might sound a bit like radical or not radical I think that's a bit extreme but I I know this might sound a bit like weird to say but I think that we also all love a little bit of hard work right Mm. like I feel like for me like I you know I know that we both love going to the gym and stuff and I love like pushing myself and challenging myself so I don't think that hard work I don't find it something that I don't want I just want to work hard in the areas that I know are actually going to pay off which is why I would say that the mindset work that we do like i.e the idea that it doesn't have to be this hard work of hustle I now deserve this that that hard work of seeing our inherent worth like I think that that's actually so worth doing and so rewarding that I would take that any day but we get to just yeah to define it in our own terms yeah 
gosh, we could talk about this for hours. I've got like other ideas like popping up. So maybe we have to do another episode at some point. But um, that's just been so delicious and exciting and expansive and juicy. So thank you so much. I've got a few questions to end with. Um, Here goes. So I guess I want to know what are some of the pivotal or game-changing activities, uh, things that you've done, practices, rituals, etc., that have made a massive difference for you in your own personal journey? Mm, oh, okay. Um, I mean, I'd love to come up with something really original here and be like, <laughs> <Keep it real. laughs> um but honestly I think journaling for me like I'm such a person of like getting it down on paper taking it out of my head and down onto paper I think it's been so big Mm -hmm. um if we want to kind of hone in specifically on what on what I journal on that I find powerful because I I remember for years for years and years and years as like a teen and an adult a young adult I kept a diary and it did not help me because I fixated on everything that was wrong Mm -hmm. and I fixated on the negatives and it was like a sad somber story that I was writing into my diary each day right mm-hmm. um which yes was a reflection kind of of how I was feeling but there was nothing in there that was actually going to move me to that next level so I think that what I found with journaling is I do a lot of future you stuff mm-hmm. um which I'm, I'm sure your kind of community know about so I do a lot of future you stuff I also journal on manifesting what I want to manifest into my reality I love I find that super expansive and exciting to explore and then I also just tend to like each day pick out one question to journal on so it will be something like um or like my one yesterday was what kind of leader do I want to be for my community so I kind of try and come up with a question that feels really expansive and you can you might just naturally come up with them yourself or there's tons on so many different platforms, Pinterest, Instagram, that you can always find. Yeah. And uh, so I find that having one question to kind of lead you through something so it has purpose and direction, but still feels that it's uh, expansive and free flow works so well and is the single, is the, a single practice, bar that and like listening to podcasts or something. It's mm-hmm. the single practice that I've kept up for the last four years. Amazing. So that would be my pivotal one, I think. Yeah. And do you do that every day? No. No, I don't. <laughs> I um no, I probably do it maybe four times a week. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Amazing. I feel like if I did it every day, it would feel forced rather than flowy yeah. for me. So four times a like four times a week, it feels really good to just kind of let it happen when it happens. Yeah. Amazing. I love also within that you've touched on the idea that if you ask yourself a shitty question, then you're going to get a a shitty answer. And if you ask yourself a good question, then you're going to get a good answer. And it just means it just highlights the fact that whatever you focus on or whatever you ask yourself consistently. And when I say that, I mean, this is how our brains wired is that we will focus on that thing. So if you're asking yourself a really expansive open-ended question that feels exciting, then your brain's going to look at those possibilities. Mm, yes for sure yeah already what does inner confidence mean to you oh I love this I it's weird I almost get this this feeling rather than a word come to mind Mm. but if I was to articulate that feeling it's just almost a complete relaxation 
so I almost just feel like this weight come off and you're just deep breathing and it's yeah like (laughs) I I see inner confidence as that deep relaxation because you're so relaxed within who you are and I have I have loved that term of inner being added to that confidence piece because I know that sometimes confidence gets given this name of that you have to be very extroverted or become louder or all of those things and I I truly believe that the inner confidence is just feeling fully relaxed in who you are and then beaming that out in whatever way that looks like so it's almost just that delicious like ah I'm I'm home like I feel good yes I love the way that you've just described that and that it's a feeling and just like a big sigh of relief and just like a ah this is me I get to be me I love that so much um amazing so moving on to inner critic what has your inner critic said to you on repeat in the past that you can now see as just total bs Oh gosh. Okay. How do we narrow this? <laughs> narrow it Maybe just one, like, ah. one theme, one idea that was. Um, I'm trying to think. I know that basic. I would say for a long period of time. Um, I'm trying to think of like how I can. If there was one specific uh, sentence or anything like that, but I think for basically for the longest period of time, it was. Um, about my body so it was like when I had my eating disorder it was like you would you literally I thought I was disgusting mm-hmm. um and I would look at my body like it was a that it was continuously letting me down because it wasn't looking the way that I needed it to look in order for me to feel like I was an okay as a human mm-hmm. and so my inner critic and and I think this is a thing is like when you're in that eating disorder you are in that headspace probably 97% of the day. So the 3% of the day that I wasn't thinking either about my body or food or what was wrong with me was, you know, very rare. And it almost feels so alien to even say that that was me now, because honestly, I look back at that person. It's like, I recognize her because I knew her so well, but she's a completely different person it's like if I ever believed that parallel universes were possible like that was cemented even more when I do that thing of looking back on even the life that I know in this universe because I'm like she was so different so I know that my inner critic at that time was extremely loud and used to completely lie to me and say all of these things and now it's like I literally and I remember even like thinking oh like even if I just get okay, again, this whole thing of like, even if I just get okay with my body, that will be good enough. Mm. And now I truly am like, my body's a miracle. I'm beautiful. And I uh, like fully have integrated that into my being and into my cells and into my mind. Um, So that I think stands out for me as the most pivotal switch, because that was a complete 180 for sure. That's so inspiring to to see how far you've come. And I just think that's a beautiful story to share as well, because it is possible and it's, yeah, you're living proof of it. And it's just a beautiful, yeah, beautiful reflection of what doing this inner work can do for you. It can completely change your life, literally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love that. So cool. Couple more questions. What's one piece of advice? Actually, this is so... It's so, so good to lead on from your last one, but what's one piece of advice you'd tell your younger self? Uh, I think 
to listen to that part of her like we all have that piece of us that is right our intuition our heart our soul calling and when we're going through those extremely tough times our inner critic is beyond loud it's so easy to think that that doesn't exist within us but it will show its tiny tiny glimmers right Mm -hmm. I think that's what we all hold on to and that's why we all know even when we're feeling worthless we're like we still kind of know that there's something more there's something more to kind of lean up to it feels like there's always that almost that rope to grab onto that's going to save us right is that those those gut uh gut feelings or our intuition etc so I think for my younger self it would have just been to lean into that more to listen more to that you know of those that three percent of the day when that was speaking to me and the truth was coming through and like my bigger purpose and meaning was coming through to lean into that more mm. um, because that was going to become the thing that would define her. So, yeah, it would be lean into that, that little bit more. But bar that, you know, the kind of usual of like it all turns out good in the end. Like you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna be fine yeah. right now. It's a bit of a show, but it's going to be fine. Yeah, 100 percent. And it's like the the whole idea that our challenges are our lessons, our biggest gifts that we then you know, it, it catapults us into the the best version of ourselves or the person that we're meant to be. And that I also see it as a, a beautiful thing is that often those are the things that we then want to help others with or give back or share our story or yeah, whatever it is for you in your life. But it's so often that those are the those are the moments that actually make such a difference and that you can then make a difference with for other people. Yeah. And it's so interesting, isn't it? Because it's like when you're going through that, um, and I'm sure you'll relate to this as well. It's like when we're going through those moments where we are feeling terrible and and worthless and our inner critics very loud and it's kind of perhaps running our life, we constantly are telling ourselves this narrative of we're weak, we're not strong as humans, we, you know, we we constantly seem to think that we're, we're not, you know, strong or or those kind of things and actually as you say it's like because our our challenges are our biggest teachers like if I always just kind of feel like I want to look back on that person and be like you are building so much strength and resilience you don't know it at the moment because you're still in the ring still getting beaten up in the ring Mm -hmm. you haven't had a chance to come out of the ring yet and see like oh I actually got better um but it's so uh, you know it's it's like bittersweet that it's like in that those moments we think that we're we're weak as humans when actually those are the very moments where we're gaining the things that are going to give us our biggest strengths for sure yes 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 love that analogy so true already last question if there was one thing one message or one piece of wisdom that you'd like to impart with the world and the lives that you've touched what would it be I'm going to keep it super simple and just say that you are inherently worthy and that thing that is calling in your heart for you to be or do in the world is there for a reason and it's going to keep calling at you until you go and do it. So know that you're worthy and that you're capable of it um, and go out and, and follow your heart's calling. Oh, love that. What a way to end our conversation. That's so inspiring. And thank you so much for being here and sharing your heart and parts of your story and your journey and all of your wisdom to share with us. It's been such an expansive and exciting conversation. I feel like we could literally do this for hours, but thank you so much. It's been such a joy. 
Oh, thank you. No, I've honestly had the best time. So thank you so much. I'm so, yeah, I can't wait to, um, to hopefully this will, you know, touch some people's hearts. And yeah. yeah, it's been a joy. Thank you so much for having me on. Wasn't that epic? For all of the details and things we talked about in today's show, you can check them out in the show notes. And that's over at evelynkelly.co.nz forward slash podcast. And if you can think of anyone who would really benefit from this episode, then please share it with them. And while you're there, I would be so grateful if you could leave me a five-star review in iTunes so that we can get this podcast out to even more humans and create a ripple effect throughout the world.